0: This is Spurs Cast, episode 535. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of Spurs Cast. Joining me on this episode is Project Spurs founder Michael DeLeon. Mike, how you doing, man? Doing good. Playoffs
1: are right around the corner, so it's always a fun part of the year. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, um, you know, it's. I don't think the Spurs are looking forward to it as of the moment, right now, because not ready you know these guys. This is just the most, you know, Pop basically used that word, inconsistent, where this is basically who these guys are. They, they're on a nine-game winning streak just a few weeks ago, and then all of a sudden they start collapsing again. They start, they're, they're two and four in their last six, um, and they're actually losing to some bad teams. That's the thing, is they're struggling, they're not even playing against good teams, they're actually struggling with some of the bad teams in the league. So, um, so Mike, that's kind of what we're going to pick up right now uh, on the Spurs. I know that it's been a while since I recorded... Um, a Spurscast that kind of uh, previewed a lot of games. Now, before we get started, Mike, I do want to give um, you know a thank you to to, to Manuel Solis for, for for helping us put that proj- that Spurscast live event together, and all those um, you know people that went out there and, and really um, supported us and went out there, Mike yourself, and you know like like Crystal and a lot of people that were just behind the scenes doing a lot of the, a lot of the work too, uh, really helped us out. So um, I just want to give a shout out to everyone that really helped put that thing together. That was a really fun event, uh, basically a week ago now. Um, Okay, Mike, so let's get started here. Uh, The Spurs, they are 44-33 right now, seventh in the Western Conference on this uh, Monday evening that you and I are recording this. They basically have a 33% chance at the seventh seed and about a 53% chance at being the eighth seed. The bad news if they stay in the eighth seed is that Golden State is almost like a 99% chance of being uh, being the one seed. And then there's a slight, about 14% chance the Spurs might be able to get in the sixth seed. It just doesn't look very optimistic right now. Um, Mike, in their last six games, ever since the, the winning streak ended, the nine-game winning streak, they've uh, lost to the Miami Heat at home. They fell to the Houston Rockets on the road, which is kind of expected. They beat Boston without two of their key guys. They lost to Charlotte on the road. They barely beat the Cavs at home in San Antonio. And then they also just lost to the Sacramento Kings, who, are, who have already been eliminated from the playoffs. So kind of what, do you, what is your take on the Spurs all of a sudden spiraling at the, at the worst point of the season?
1: Yeah, it's, you hear about people like uh, peaking too early, and then it kind of seemed like it was at the right time, but then all of a sudden this happens. And it's almost kind of hard to grasp at certain things because they do well. Even in the loss against Houston, they did pretty well. Boston, okay, they had some injuries, but they did all right. But then it's the one where you said inconsistency, and it's just been kind of a game-to-game thing. You know, the one thing I, I'm noticing, it seems like, in their losses is that they point shooting just isn't there. And their wins they're shooting above like thirty five percent and their losses they're you know, they're much lower. Um and obviously we have the defensive issues that's kinda of been the thing that's plagued them all season from from different you know, from different areas. So uh that that's just been the crazy thing, is it, it's really kinda of hard to really place you can't really go on for one game and say, Okay, well, this they can build off of because the next game something completely opposite happens, it seems like
0: yeah for sure and you know for for me from my perspective it's almost like are, are they putting in the energy do they have that the the focus you know to to want to give it their all I mean it, it's just you know this is the exact same team it's not like you can blame injuries or, or just this weird like chemistry thing it's like these are the same guys who just won nine in a row and beat some really good teams during that stretch and then all of a sudden now they're having trouble against the Cavs and the Kings and some of these other teams like the Hornets uh, where they're just falling apart here lately so Let's first talk about one area you talked about. It's been their Achilles heel all year, and that's the defense. Um, you know, during that winning streak, when they were putting those nine wins together, they were about a top five defense. They were playing like that. So we've seen that this group can play like that. However, right now, they're back to struggling. They're 14th right now during these last six games, um, allowing 111.8 points per 100 possessions. Something interesting that's a little bit different right now why they're struggling is that they're actually fouling too much. Now... Uh, they've done. They've been a great team, a top-five team this year in not fouling the opponent. That's always been a staple of Pop's defense. However, in these last um, six games, they're putting the, free, the, the opponents of the free-throw line, uh, opponents are scoring 19.8 free throws per 100 field goal attempts, which is 18th in um, free-throw rate. Their rim accuracy, you know, for all the talk about having LaMarcus and Jakob together— opponents are starting to shoot make more shots at the rim also they're now making 61% of these last 13 games I mean these last 6 games which is 13 during that stretch and then lastly this is something I talked about in the Spurs cast uh, several times was that eventually teams are going to start making those above the threes against the Spurs and and it, and, this, and you see it in the numbers the, the Spurs are allowing almost 39% of accuracy from the opponent from the above the break 3 which puts them 21st in accuracy. Uh, What have you seen also on the defense, or what do you think about that?
1: The one thing I'm seeing is I'm starting to see where defense, uh, I guess kind of like one of the effects of of putting so much pressure on Derek White on defense is it's starting to affect his offense also. And it's kind of like, Dan, you can probably tell you the same thing as everybody has been over the last couple of years. Uh, You know, he's gotten a lot of hate because he can't uh, make shots, but when you're asked to defend like the best, the NBA's best, like wing players every night, that ends up taking a toll on you because obviously you're, you're running around the entire court trying to defend them, trying to stop them. And by the time you get to the end, it's like how much energy do you have left to even uh, get your shots? Or that's one thing I've noticed. And, and it's not like the rookie wall, but it seems like he's gotten to that point where, you know, it's it's been struggling a bit right now. I think he'll be fine uh, into the playoffs and things like that because that's one they can focus in on a certain team, and that'll be different. It'll be like a night-to-night, uh, different uh, opponent type of thing. But uh, that, that's definitely been one thing I've noticed is, is he's struggling, and kind of the, his whole fan base of people that have been crazy about him and kind of cooled it a little
0: bit. Yeah, no, no, for sure. he's He struggled a little bit. We're going to get into him in, in specific detail. Um, and you bring up a good point there because I think that the part, the defensive part about his struggles, about as far as um, – you know, having to guard the best perimeter players, the guards, the wings, is that you see that his his free his uh, fouling is too much, a little bit too much sometimes, and it keeps him out of ball games. Um, and you know, this has kind of been an issue. It hasn't really um, amplified until lately, but um, he's actually that's probably if you want to talk about one of the flaws of of all his defensive statistics, it's the fact that he fouls a little bit too much for a guard. Um, you know, according to Cleaning the Glass, um, he contributes 3.7 percent of the Spurs' um, defensive fouls. Uh, which is a 27th uh, percentile among point guards, so actually really, really low. Considering D- Derek, you know, most of his stats are like really good for him. Project t- him to be very well. So you're right, Mike. Maybe it's kind of taking a toll now, and-, and he's getting called for a little bit um, more fouls that we're seeing lately. Um, so aside from those areas on the defense, let's move over to the offense. Now, this is an area that even Pop has talked about how how it's always been their staple this season. You know, where where they've they've consistently been a, a pretty good offense, top ten all year. However, right now in this stretch lately, over the last six games, they're really struggling there. Um, they're, they're only scoring 112.7 points per 100 possessions, which is 14th, so just barely better than league average offensively. Uh, one, two statistics that really popped out to me in this category, uh, free throw rate. I, I know that they don't get there a lot, but right now they're really, really not getting to the free throw line. They're only making 13.4 uh, free throws per 100 field goal attempts, which is 29th in free throw rate. Typically, they're close to more league average in that in that category. Uh, and then also their their shooters just aren't making above the break threes as well. The Spurs have usually been the you know one of the top five accurate teams from distance, but right now in these last six games they're only making thirty one point six percent of their above the break threes, which is twenty fifth during the stretch. And this was that this is something that Pop mentioned um, on Sunday after the Sacramento loss was that if the Spurs aren't going to play picture perfect defense, they got to at least make their threes to keep themselves in a the ball game. And, and when that doesn't happen, uh, you start to see the effects.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's something I think that. Everybody has kind of known all season it's like, okay, well, they're not going to be great on defense and they really have to be teams with their shooting on their offense. And um, also the one thing I've noticed is just the, the problems they've had closing games and that's not just on one player per se, but they've had a, a hard time closing games and sometimes they'll let teams um, get in make it very competitive. And then it's like the Kings game where they can't and they try to come back and they do as much as they can, but they just cannot close
0: it. No, for sure, for sure, and that's been a, you know like a, I forgot what what game was it where where DeRozan took the last shot and then they had a chance to win it. Um, they were by six. Was it Houston? I think it was Houston. I think it, yeah, I think it might have been Houston. There was a recent game where where they really had a chance to win that game and then they just couldn't close it out there um, on one of the final possessions. So you're right, you know that the crunch the crunch time stats also are an issue for the Spurs. Um, let's, let's, let's zoom in a little bit closer now on Derek White, because, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, all year everyone's been really high on him. You know, he, he really hasn't, he's faced almost like no criticism outside of his, just his injury history, which isn't his fault. But um, right now he is kind of facing a little bit of a challenge, especially offensively. Um, so in these last six games, he's the Spurs' seventh leading scorer. He's only averaging 6.8 points, shooting 26% from the floor, just 13 to 50 field goals. 13% from three, me uh, two of 15 from three right now in these last six games. Um, you know the the rebounds, 3.8 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 1.3 turnovers, uh, 2.7 fouls, and he's only playing 26 minutes because he is getting a foul trouble, and also because he really he's really slowing down their offense right now when he's out there on the floor. So so two key stats that I picked up when I was researching for the Spurs Cast was during the nine game winning streak. Derek scored in double figures on seven of those nine games. And, I mean, remember we were talking about how they had, like, a big four with him, Rudy, uh, LaMarcus, and DeMar. I mean, that's what the, the mindset was coming, becoming, that expectation, where Derek's, like, now a factor offensively you got to worry about if you're a defense. And now check this out. In the last six games, he's only hit over 10 points once. That's it. I mean, that just tells you – how much he's just struggling to shoot the ball um, you know I have to give Jabbar young credit here on an article he recently wrote he talked about how other teams and scouts are kind of they're now they know that Derek's a main player for the Spurs now and he wrote it he wrote a really good article just talking about how how they're now scouting him differently he needs to be ready for that and you can tell that defenses now are just right away they're, they're giving him the, the open the, those open threes they're trying to dare him to make those at a high volume which he's not doing right now uh, he was really comfortable running that mid-range shot, you know, off the pick and roll when he was wide open uh, early, you know, for for most of the season. But lately, that hasn't been falling, and so he's kind of um, not—he he doesn't look comfortable for that shot. And defense are basically just going under screens and not letting him get to the rim. Uh, they're also guarding him really well at the rim. They're not letting letting him get to the free throw line as easily anymore. So, um, you know, a, a lot of factors uh, are, are brought in here why Derek's struggling right now. What do you think about him?
1: Yeah, I mean, even like, like you said about the last six games. Even if you look at that one, like, outlier of the game against Houston, he, he still – I mean, he got a lot of his points at the free throw line, but then he steals one of four from three. Uh, you know, so, so he still had some problems. I mean, he had, uh, like, eight rebounds, but then ever since then, it's just – it's like – it's kind of like you're right. Like, like people are seeing where where he struggled this season. And it went right before that. I mean, he hasn't been, I guess, really in the month of March, his, his three-point numbers weren't great. It's a 20 percent. So – it's almost like they're willing to give him that now, like you said, and he just hasn't been able to, to knock those down. And so the thing is also, I don't think people should rush and or or be too concerned. Also, I mean, he's a young player. He's, you know, he's taken a lot this, this year. This is really his first full year and he's going to struggle just like everybody else did, just like DeMar did early. And they've got to allow him to make those mistakes and learn from them. And I think end up, uh, you know, coming out the other side of it better. So, uh, that that's definitely one thing to look for and it's like you said now that they can actually scout for him they have a little bit more uh data they can scout from uh you know it's going to be a little harder
0: yeah and uh you know you know for sure and you know he basically has five games to basically get out of this rut and and really f- figure it out you know and adjust that's all he has left is five games before the playoffs start if not I mean, teams are going to scheme, whatever teams are seeing that's working against him right now, they're going to use that against him in round one, whoever that opponent is. Uh, I want to go back to r- real quick about the, uh, I have a quick playoff question for you. Now, now real quick, that, that data that I was telling you earlier about the chances of the Spurs getting uh, the 7th and 8th seed and all that stuff, that comes from Jacob Goldstein. I want to make sure to attribute some credit there where I got those stats. Um, just real quick, Mike, this is kind of a little off topic. Where do you think they're going to finish? What seed? seven or eight? Just in your opinion.
1: I think they'll finish out. I think Oklahoma City and, and, and the Spurs haven't been great either, but I think... Oklahoma City has really been struggling a lot lately. I mean, they've lost two straight, but then if you look even beyond that, they're 3-7 and in the last 10. So I don't think they've done enough to really uh, fix some of the problems they're having. It's one of those things where they're both, you know, this is like the part of the season where you want to like kind of be putting that polish on and getting ready for the playoffs. And both teams are struggling, but I feel like Oklahoma City has struggled a bit more.
0: Okay, I'm with you too. And also just because looking at the schedule, like the Spurs actually in the Western Conference teams, the, they actually have the easiest schedule left. They're only one uh, above the, above 500 team is, is Denver that's left. Whereas OKC has to play, um, they have one of the tougher schedules to finish the year. They still have to play Milwaukee, Houston, and Detroit. Um, so I agree with you. I, I really do feel like if, as long as the Spurs can win or you know, at least go three and two in these last five games, they should be able to get that seven seed uh, with these last few games left before, you know, that way... Most likely avoiding the Warriors because it looks like Denver might end up falling to that two spot as of this night that you and I are recording. All right, Mike, let's go ahead and get into the uh, previewing our last five games of the season um, before the playoffs kick off, and then I'll be back for Spurs Cast. Uh, you know, basically the preview to, of the playoffs uh, whenever that whenever that time comes around. So before we get into the the numbers, uh, so some of our personal numbers. Um, my record is 46 and 26 on the Spurs Cast. Yours is 10 and 7 in our predictions. So. Uh, let's first begin Tuesday. The Spurs host the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are 12-26 and 26 on the road. They are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Who do you think wins this game on Tuesday?
1: See, it, it's one. The, the Hawks are one of those teams that kind of, I feel like, always, that's one of those, like, young teams that, young teams that even though they don't really have a lot to play for, um, and it's it's a back-to-back, and it, it, they've got a back-to-back with Hawks and Nuggets, and, uh, and to me that you would always say, I guess, at least, you know, Everything tells me they lose to the Nuggets and they beat the Hawks, but I kind of have this in reverse. I feel like the Hawks might be uh, the team that gives them more of a problem. So
0: you're gonna take Atlanta on yeah. this one, okay? Uh, I'm gonna stick with the Spurs on this one uh, again, kind of what you said, but in the opposite direction. I just feel like that's the one that, that Santana San Antonio would try to really, really try to win. Right, uh, you know, the initially is is that Atlanta game on Tuesday, and then may, and then possibly fall on Denver. I mean, to Denver should I say uh, the next night? So let's look at that Denver game. So then the Spurs. As soon as they play Atlanta, they get on a plane. They head to Denver. Uh, the Nuggets are really good at home, thirty-one and seven. They are seven and three in their last ten games. They are battling for first, you know, the first seed overall in the West. Um, so, who do you have in this one between the, the Nuggets and Spurs? we're yeah, so
1: going with Spurs now, just because I feel like they played well against them this year. I've I've looked at Denver quite a bit this season, just uh, writing a few things on them. And I, I feel like they they've got some holes, especially in their starting group. But they're like two and three and and. and Players that just haven't come back all the way from injury or then. so I think they'll they might you know struggle with the uh, DeRozan and
0: a few of the other players. So I think it'll be a close one. Now, okay, I'm going to take the the Nuggets in this one, but you know, last night the Spurs played there, they actually played pr- pretty decently for most of that game. So you're right, you know, they, it wouldn't it wouldn't be shocking if San Antonio got that pulled that upset in Denver. Uh, then, Mike, on Friday, the Spurs traveled to Washington uh, to play the Wizards. The Wizards actually have a pretty good home record, 22 and 16. Uh, but they are three and seven in the last ten. They have been eliminated from the playoff picture. Who do you have in this game?
1: Yeah, I'm going Spurs on this one. I just feel like that the Wizards. You know, you know they they've they've had some moments where they played well, but um, you know it's it's towards the end of the season. I think they'll start looking to get some of their younger guys involved, and
0: uh, I just don't think they'll be able to come up with enough for a win. Okay, I'm with you there. I'm taking I'm taking San Antonio in that game. Then on Sunday, the Spurs travel to Cleveland to play the Cavaliers. Uh, the Cavs are thirteen and twenty-six at home. They are two and eight in their last ten. Who do you have in this game?
1: I, I've, I've got the Spurs skin on that one. But, I mean, I, I feel like the, the Cavs don't really have a chance to to get back into the Zion switch states anymore. But still, I, I still feel like um, you know they were able to take care of that, the Cavs recently, and that was a little closer than I, I liked. And I think they'll be able to get this one. Uh, this should be a little easier for them to win.
0: Okay, uh, Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Actually, that's a good point by you because um, I was about to say that's almost like a sneaky trap game for the Spurs just because of how well Cleveland just played them in San Antonio on, on the Mono-Jersey retirement night. I really feel like Cleveland could be um, you know, pulling upset there. But, yeah, looking at some of the, the odds now, actually, they're, they're actually in third for, for the 14% chance at, at Zion. So <coughs> I think that they will try to possibly tank instead and, and lose that game. Uh, the last one, Mike, the, the the season finale for the Spurs takes place next Wednesday. Uh, they host the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavs are 8-31 and on the road, um, 3-7 and in their last 10. Who do you have
1: in this game? That's the one that confused me the most because the Mavericks have looked terrible this season, but then they come off and have wins against Oklahoma City. Um, but, I mean, this is probably an important game, and if things finish off the way, uh, I think they will, and it's going to be kind of a photo finish type thing to – Get that seeding, then I think this will probably be an important one. So I have the Spurs on this one as well.
0: Okay, I'm with you there. I, I have I have San Antonio. This is actually one too that I, I had a little trouble picking, just because you're right. Like the Maps have just been weirdly okay against certain teams, like they were against Oklahoma City recently. All right, so so we'll see Spurs Cast listeners how the Spurs fare in these last five games. I will put up a Twitter poll if you all want to vote um, for about a day after this Spurs Cast goes up, so you all can you know predict what, see what see what your predictions are compared to mine and Mike's. Um, let's go ahead and just close this out real quick, Mike, with a few quick reminders. Um, make sure, uh, Spurs cast listeners, that you're visiting ProjectSpurs.com. We have a lot going on there. Um, you know, a lot of different writers are writing about the team. Uh, Steven, Steven Anderson's always give it, providing his recaps. Uh, we had a lot of really good mono pieces go up by several writers uh, last week before the Manu Ginobili, Ginobili jersey retirement. So make sure you check out a lot of those pieces. Uh, also, you know, with March Madness, um, Benjamin Bornstein's still providing his prospect watches as well. Uh, If you listen to this on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. And thank you, Mike, for for, uh, mixing and producing this episode each time. Um, For Spurscast episode, uh, and for Michael DeLeon, I'm Paul Garcia. For Spurscast episode 535, have a great day.